Uh, it's my family. I, uh, maybe I, I begin by introducing a session of ourselves. Uh, Daniel Tolan, who is from Africa, worked for 13 years. I should say it's not from Africa. Worked in Africa 13 years and been going back every year for many years now. So we have an African perspective. I work in China for 20 years. So we have a, African, a bit of African, a bit of China perspectives to kind of fill us in about working in government systems. So I would begin a bit of introducing myself, and I'll pass on to Daniel from the African perspective, then I'll come back to China, and then I hope there will be good time for discussions. Uh, that's my family. We started when my son was three and my daughter was one. I put up all my degrees because uh, my good friends tell me I have so many degrees, I'm having a fever. Hyrexia uh, <laughs> of unknown origin. Someone told me a new terminology called uh, uh, pastor... Uh, envy syndrome. You know, these physicians are all trying to be missionaries and think that somehow you're not good enough. You've got to do more theological education. You've got to handle the Bible better. I am guilty of that syndrome. I'm struggling to recover from that. I hope I could share more from my own weaknesses than from what I have done. So it's more of a personal journey about working in a relationship with government officials. I train as a surgeon. Uh, and uh, I've also had some training in marketplace theology. I'm doing a doctoral ministry with Asbury, University, Asbury Seminary now. But when I started uh, 20 years ago, at 31, and uh, we had to use recycled gloves. And uh, those days, we washed the talcum powder off your gloves using uh, boiled water. And the gloves get recycled. And I found uh, you just use soap and scrub. In many places, they are the best disinfectants. My best part was having to soak in the uh, Forbidden Audin uh, pot for a long time, at least 10 minutes. And it gave me 10 minutes to talk to the surgeon and tell him how I'm planning the procedure. Eventually, we get to share about how I'm praying for the procedure, how I'm praying for the relatives. And it's a great way for communicating the good news while preparing to get used to things that we are unhappy about. I I teach laparoscopic surgery, so I run courses uh, to set up the laparoscopic surgery training. That's our training kit. We use a box. We buy a liver from the market and take out the gallbladders. Uh, we have to use uh, low-tech. We wash our instruments from the chloroform that soaks it. I suppose uh, maybe in Africa there's quite a bit of that. And these are our common bowel exploration kits, very simple instruments, no self-retaining retractors. But I guess... Uh, uh, surgery has got to do it with hands and uh, hands that touch patients. This is my favorite uh, surgeon. He's a Muslim. He smokes with his one hand and he touches the patient with his other hand. And uh, we go fishing together. We have great conversations together. And uh, it's, a, it's a real joy getting to know some of the local doctors and experience them personally. So in, in mission, we make mistakes. I made many mistakes. We carefully sleep and fall down. It's a trans Chinese trans English translation for Chinese word to be careful. Well, you know, in, in mission, we uh, make, take courage to make mistakes. Uh, I remember I began uh, in the hospital where so cold is sub-zero. It's all frozen. There's not enough mattresses. So the hospital director asked us for money to buy mattresses. We gave them 20,000 renminbi to set up buy beds and mattresses for patients. This is uh, a lot of TB problems in this hospital, HIV and so forth in China. A month later, we came back, they said everything is stolen. Uh, the health minister somehow pocketed the money. It took us 10 years to get around it. 10 years later, the health minister's assistant who became the party secretary invited me for a personal meal and said, Dr. Ko, I want to come for a personal meal with you. I want to apologize that 10 years ago we kept some of your money, but we saw how you work among us. We planted trees in the hospital. They asked us to pay money to make the hospital nicer. We planted nine trees. They are love, joy, peace. Faith. Of course, we can't, it's a communist country. We can't do preaching, but we can plant trees. We planted righteousness and we planted grace. There are two pine trees. They are really tall now. So this hospital uh, party secretary said, I look at these two trees, I cannot be without righteousness and without grace, and I'm here to apologize. She didn't give us back the money, but in mission, you know, <laughs> we, lose, we lose money, but uh, I think the good news has been communicated. So I struggle. 
to keep connecting ourselves professionally, spiritually? How do I get involved with the governing systems? How do I engage the governing systems in mission while serving as physicians or healthcare people in the background? So it's, it's about relationships, and it's a huge on relationships. But at this point, I want you to fly with us to Africa, and we will change gears and hear from Africa first. And I'll let Daniel uh, introduce himself more. Okay, I'm Daniel Tolan, and it is a real joy for me to join with Matthew in uh, doing this. We've done this uh, once a couple years ago, and uh, it's a joy, um, because I want to challenge you today that missions should be enjoyable. you, you face hard days, but overall, you should love it. I mean, you really should love it. If you're not, you should really find something else. Um, and uh, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my life in medical missions. And uh, sure, there have been hard days, but there's never been periods of time where I thought, man, I just got to find something else to do. Um, it's just not like that. And uh, so I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. One of the things that I have enjoyed doing is learning to think a whole lot different about the people that I have gone to serve, okay? Initially, I thought, well, that's the poor. Um, Here's somebody I'm going in to meet, and I'm getting ready to start a family practice residency, and I've gone to this dean... He's the dean of the medical school in Nairobi, or in Eldoret, Kenya, and uh, I'm coming in to meet him, okay? I'm going to present to him. He's read a little proposal, and I'm going to talk with him, okay? Dean, how are you? How are you, mister? I'm so glad to. My name is Daniel Tolan. I don't think we've met before. um, My name is uh, Shege. Shege. Mm -hmm. Nice to meet you, Shege. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. Ah, Sante Sana, Sante Buona. Yeah, Sante. Um, So, we have been in now in this country for some time. I've not, you've not had a chance to meet me. I'm sorry. Um, And uh, so, I'm I'm working with uh, some mission hospitals, and we have come up with this program that uh, to train. Um, Kenyans for in family practice, general practice for the country of Kenya, and um, we've sent you we've sent you a proposal, and we've I know maybe you've had a chance to read it. I know you're very busy, but um, I'm wondering how we might be able to uh, work. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. I, you. I I glanced at your proposal. Okay, thank you. But I'm surprised. Mm. This is the time you think of us. Ah. But we've we've been following up what you do, and you've been visiting us. But uh, we we don't see you. We don't get to consult. We don't get to plan together. We don't get to to find out what you guys do. You just mm. simply come and do what you want. It's not going to work. Mm. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Is that a real thing? Let me tell you. Here's a question I want to ask you. Do I really need to be part of the national health care system as a missionary? Is there a biblical mandate for this to, as Christians from the dean of a medical school in Kenya? who had been educated in Christian schools, who was a member of a good church, attended regularly. He was working with us on an educational project. He was also the chairman of the Medical and Dental Practitioners Board, the one who is to license me as a, as a, as a physician in the country. And this is what he said. I don't see how this will work very easily. There is a lack of trust on your part directed toward us. 
You do not show interest in being part of us or of this country's system. We're good people, but we do not know each other. It was like a dagger in the heart, and it was true. What did I say right at the very beginning? Some of you laughed. Huh? I said, I'm sorry you haven't had a chance to meet me. Huh? Unfortunately, that's the way we go to countries and feel sometimes. Oh, now is your chance. You get to meet me. Okay? That doesn't work. Um, so, I want you to understand what, in, across Africa, what does a ministry of health look like? What are some of the biblical principles uh, that maybe we need to be of interest in? And we need to know, what does God say? Is there a biblical basis for this? Why should this be of interest to me? Because I think that God gives us some real direction in this area. Okay? So just very briefly, I'm going to try to do an hour talk in the next ten minutes. So we'll go fast, and then there will be time for discussion, okay, after Matthew does his part. So there's, there are a lot of biblical mandate and principles. And I went through, after meeting the dean and talking with him, I thought, wow, he's right, okay? I need to learn differently. And I began to examine some things. Genesis 9, 1 through 7, civil government began. Exodus 20 to 22, patterns were established for order of government. Uh, Daniel, uh, second chapter, God changes rulers, says I appoint rulers. Wow, hmm, some of them I don't like. God appoints rulers. Uh, Romans 13, 1, he ordains civil powers. Um, God's principles and mandates again he directs his institutions. Exodus 21 and 22. You read all the way through those two chapters how God wants to address crimes, murder, manslaughter, slavery, kidnapping, abortion, uh, abuse, uh, so many different things. Uh, Leviticus 13 and 20, public health laws, uh, tells you you need to go outside the camp and deposit the things you need to deposit outside the camp, not in the camp. Um, Deuteronomy 17 through 22, there's power of the courts for standards, conduct, and punishment. All these things are established by God, and we need to respect them as we go into a, a new uh, country, a new culture. Exodus 18, Timothy 3, the qualifications of leadership in church and civil government. Okay? A lot of other things. Uh, secularizing government is an affront to a holy God. God says, no, you can't secularize it. I invented it. I created it. Uh, civil leaders are ministers of God in Romans. Um, in Daniel, again, Psalm, Esther, there's a reality of sovereign appointments. And in Kings and Proverbs, there's wisdom that comes from a dependency, not on our own understanding. And that's where often we from the Western culture tend to fall down is we want to enter into places like the continent of Africa and think that we can be independent and depend on our own understanding of what we think is going to work and we don't work well with um, those that have been appointed over us. So what are some of these health care services um, in most countries? In most countries in Africa and a lot of other parts of the world, they can be divided into three subsectors. And you may be familiar with some of these, the public, the voluntary, and the private. What's the public going to be? What's an example in the U.S.? VA system, okay, VA system. Um, in most of Africa, that's the largest system, okay. Then there's the voluntary. That's where you and I feel it, fit in. We fit into the NGO type of category, um, non-governmental organizations. I was confused for years. What in the world is an NGO? People keep referring to me as part of an NGO. What in the world is that? I'm not an NGO. Uh, and then I found, oh, you're just a volunteer. Well, I guess I am. Um, but it confused me. Uh, and then there's the private world, okay? Um, the public subsector, these are government-owned health care services, um, and other parastatals. Oh, now there's another word you don't understand. I didn't understand. That's just a company or agency that's owned or controlled either wholly or partly by the government. Okay? 
That's the largest subdivision all across Africa for health care um, is the, the public subsector. Then there's a voluntary subsector. You and I, as we go in as missionaries, we fit in with other NGOs, the Red Cross, World Health Organization, Doctors Without Borders, um, and these NGOs can be small or they can be huge. They can be just a handful or hundreds or thousands even. Then there's a public subsector, and this is often referred to as the, um, the uh, private for profit, and uh, this is a rapidly growing, I'm not sure what happened here, so I'll just put it there, okay. Um, that's a rapidly growing segment across much of Africa. People are leaving the the public sector to go into the private sector across much of Africa, and this 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 area is growing. Um, there's a fourth group that's growing very very rapidly that the the uh, Ministry of Health or the that uh, would like to have control over, but it's kind of an unofficial subsector. Um, it's the traditional medicine person, the herbalists, the bone setters, the spiritual healers, and other practitioners, and that's a very rapidly growing subsegment. Um, in fact, there is a hospital in uh, South Africa that is growing by leaps and bounds that incorporates Western medicine, Eastern medicine, traditional healers, bone setters, everybody, all under one roof. Um, and it's, it's a place that I've heard is exploding. I'd love to visit there to see what actually is going on. Um, but this is a rapidly growing thing. I read an article by the WHO just recently that in the capital city of Nairobi, Kenya, um, there are about uh, several thousand people to one um, person who is doing stuff like you'd learn in medical school. There's about 500 to 1 of people that are in this category, the traditionalist. Um, and this is rapidly growing because these people will address issues that you and I don't. Another whole topic. Um, so you've heard us mention a ministry of health. What is a ministry of health? It's a government body charged with establishing national policies, guidelines, and standards for all health care services. They manage the public sector. That's simply what a ministry of health is. Um, so you're going into a country. Who do you need to know? Okay. I should have known this gentleman from the very beginning. Because he was responsible, he was actually the chairman of the Medical and Dental Practitioners Board as, as well as being dean of the medical school. I'd never met him. I'd been there seven years. I'd never met anybody on the licensing board. I just let somebody apply for my license. Um, I didn't think of going to meet somebody. I didn't think about ministering to them. I just thought of, thought of them as people that had to do something that kept me from doing what I wanted to do. Um, you know, it was, it was a bad attitude on my part. Um, so you need to know somebody in the licensing body. You need to know somebody in a department of clinical and community services. Um, I'm going to explain these a little bit. Department of Planning and Development, Okay. There's going to be one body responsible for your license. Here's what happens. You go as a missionary doctor and you don't apply for your license. The licensing body likes you being there, but since you don't apply for a regular license, they create a category of missionary doctor that says, well, let's let them come in and do what they want to do um, because they're probably going to do that anyway. Um, and many, many countries, unknown to you, have a special category of license for NGOs. Because we don't cooperate with the real licensing body. And I think, why? What kind of testimony is that? No wonder the dean says to me, you don't trust us, you don't know us, you don't get a real license, you get this 
special license that allows you to practice within the mission setting, but you don't really get a permanent license. What kind of testimony is that? How would you feel if there is, um, okay, things are going to open up with Cuba, okay, in the United States. We get a lot of Cuban doctors come in here and we say, uh, well, um, let's not really license them, but let's just give them another thing, let them do what they want. How would that make us feel? You know, we wouldn't like it. And so why should we do that? Go to this licensing body and say, hey, I want a real license. What do I need to do? Oh, I need to sit down and take a test? Oh, I need to spend the six months at a government hospital? Okay, fine. Um, because I'm in your country, I'm going to do this. Whatever I need to do. I want to have the, the real license. I want to be part of you. I don't want to be apart from you. Um, register with this body even if it's not required. Do it. Seek to know someone on the board. It's a, it's a board similar to a state medical board for nurses, for doctors, for physical therapists, for whatever. Those boards exist. And if your agency doesn't require you to be, be part of them, register anyway. Here's some people that you need to know at the local level. You don't need to know these people at the, the national level, but at your local level. Know somebody at this level. I begin doing this. I'd go down to a, uh, an office, and uh, I was in charge of the TB program at a hospital for seven years. For a few years, I ran the TB program, and then I thought, you know, we need some help. Oh, there is a TB program within this country. Um, oh, they get free medicines from uh, Holland, um, and we're not don't have access to that because we're not cooperating together? Why? So started making some friends at the local level. Uh, things expanded, and pretty soon we were the first hospital to uh, be given outside the government hospital to be given pr permission to treat strictly with oral medicine. That was in the days where you give everybody streptomycin for 90 days, 30 to 90 days, and they had to be hospitalized for it. Um, so you develop partnerships and get to know people, and good things happen. Um, so know these offices at your local level. I'm going to skip that. Here's the issue for me. Okay, Here's the real issue. You have the public sector, the government sector. You have the NGO sector. You have the private sector. And you... You kind of give lip service to say we're collaborating together, but are we really? Are we really when you see the public sector driving on Monday down the same road you drive on with their Land Rover and take immunizations to this clinic over here on Tuesday? You don't drive a Land Rover. You drive a Land Cruiser. You get on the same road, and you drive down to the same clinic, and you give your immunizations, and then a good-hearted person in the private sector comes with their Isuzu Trooper and they've bought some immunizations and they're wanting to do some good. They go to the same area. Does it happen? Yeah, it does over and over again. And it's not a good testimony. Um, if we would work together and say to the countries we go to, I want to be here to serve you. Not just the people that need medicine, but you've got to think of a health care system. You've got to think of government leaders. You've got to think of people who have been pointed in areas of authority over you. I believe that we have as much responsibility to serve them as we do to serve individuals. Here's our temptation as NGOs and especially as Westerners sometime. We like to be self-sufficient or self-reliant. We like to be spectacular. We like to have that celebrity mentality. 
you think, man, you're being pretty cruel, rude, mean to us. No, I'm talking about myself, okay? Um, and I've seen it in myself. I've learned from my mistakes, and I see it over and over again. That's how we can come in. We like to be in charge. We think ourselves as being ready to be powerful and in charge, and we can't do that. It doesn't work. It creates then what the dean says to me, you don't trust us, you don't know us, I don't see how this is going to work. You know what broke it down? I heard him say something about his farm. My daddy grew up on a dairy farm in northern Michigan. I worked on a farm most of my growing up years. I said, oh, Dean, you you have a farm? Yeah, I have a farm. What do you do? I like cows. I have about 12 cows that I milk. Did you milk by hand or do you? No, I, I don't have any machines. I only milk by hand. But I employ one or two people. And he said, uh, something about his old truck. And I said, you like old trucks? I love old trucks. I'm a truck kind of guy. I love old trucks. Started talking about trucks. Asked what kind of tractor he had. Told him, would you come out to my house? Yeah, come out to your house. Went to his house, visited him, sat down. Had hours of conversation where we never talked about a residency program. Okay? Begin to get to know each other. What Matthew said, we begin to build a relationship together. Then I talked with them about what has been done that's created lack of trust. And we could talk about it. On a level where I could hear, he could express himself, I could express myself, he could hear, because we began to know each other. There's a residency program that exists today because of moments like that. Um, so here... To help you be, be a team member where you're going to be, attain the country health profile from the World Health Organization. From wherever country you're going to go to. If you're going to go somewhere in a short-term team, get the WHO profile and learn about that country. There's tremendous information. They have a health profile in every country of the world. Pick it up, look at it, see what they're saying, okay? If you're in a place on a longer-term basis, visit somebody in your area that's outside of the healthcare area. Go and visit them. Say, hey, what are you doing? How could we, as a healthcare team, help you meet your needs? First of all, the most immediate need, well, that person will fall down on the floor half dead because nobody's ever walked into his office from a foreign country and said that to him before. His most immediate need is you'll have to pick him up off the ground and help him back up, okay? He'll be so shocked. Okay, that you're actually in there saying, how can I help you meet your needs? Um, do it. It's fun. It's eye-opening. I've done it. It's great. Um, some of these other things, this is a big one. Obtain an essential drug list for your country from both the Ministry of Health and from the World Health Organization. Construct your formularies from there. Do your best to stay within those formularies. Don't come in with all your fancy, latest, greatest uh, cephalus borns, uh, imipenem, uh, everything else that nobody can afford, nobody can purchase, and is not sustainable. Okay? I'm big on that. Base your project's formulary on that document. Okay. I give this talk sometimes to new missionaries, and I tell them, all this sounds overwhelming. This is what you need to do. Research the WHO website in your country in the first two months. Visit and register with the board that oversees your profession. And within three months, take one day. Go to an office somewhere and walk in and say, how can I help you meet your needs? A public health office, an education office, something or other. Get to know somebody, okay? It makes a huge, huge, huge difference. And it's fun. Okay, I can see that dean now, and we have fun together when we see each other. We talk about a lot of things. Okay, it works. Matthew. Thank you, Daniel.
that's a good breath in foundations. So a quick, quick question before we move on. What's a, what are the important ingredients for effective partnerships? Are you asking me? or Anyone, yeah. Oh. What are the important ingredients for effective partnerships? Oops, yeah, I got the answer on the board. <laughs> I was taught as a missionary training, without love and respect, it's very hard to work in any country to go. When I went to China, they said non-government organization. I introduced myself non Then the Chinese Communist government said there's no such thing as non-government. <laughs> it took me a while to realize that religion is always political in Asia, and especially political in Asia. And we, we go as missionaries, we go to the place, we, we ignore the healthcare system, we do our own stuff as though the government don't exist. Even our whole mentality is non-government organized. I stopped using that. I use non-profit. Uh, it's just trying to be respectful. And because in the governing system, uh, the government controls everything, they think they control everything. But that's the worldview that they come from. So relationships is uh, probably one of the key ingredients. Daniel and I actually met only once. We, we have a wonderful relationship because I could see his eyes and his heart. He prayed for me over my family's needs. And in his prayer, I knew he loved me. Though we hardly knew each other apart from our short conversation together. Yet we could have these partnerships. We could trust each other and do this together. But in the history of mission, this is... a uh, Matthew Ricky, which is very well respected in China, partnership with Paul Su. Uh, you, you know this well. This is uh, D.E. Holt, the second general director of uh, Old San Island Mission, partnering with local Christians, kind of taking their posture, squatting with them, learning to work together. That's the founder of my organization, James Taylor III, working with the uh, meeting the governor. One of the governor actually became a Christian after he had lung cancer. He took time to visit his wife and so forth. So relationship is everything. It's like you buy a house. Location, location, location. <laughs> <laughs> Mission, relationship, relationship. I guess that's exactly true. I, it's context, context, context. Contextualization is so critical. But that doesn't mean it goes above the text. We started with the biblical text, the biblical foundations. I'm not going through the whole theology of relationships. But I think we've got to understand our approaches working with the governing system as uh, I, I hear lots of Americans coming. I'm going to make cultural mistakes here. You hear that I don't speak American. I, I, I have a slang and I'm badly jet lagged. So if I change to Chinese, please wake me up. Ask a question. <laughs> but I'm going to make political mistakes because I don't understand your culture. Uh, but as we, as we work at a local system, how do we look at relationships? The American friends come to China and say we're a build relationships. And sometimes I felt it's almost uh, utilitarian. There's something we, we do to gain the relationship, as though it's a transaction. Mm-hmm. I think the scripture I know of spiritual friendships, I know of spiritual companionships. I don't know, you know, in the center of the universe, there's a relationship. There's a perfect relationship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a pulsating, dynamic relationship that we are drawn into in our desire for union with God, to serve under, in the Trinitarian love of God as we go out with you. You know this well. So our relationships are not utilitarian. But here we go into mission, we have an agenda to achieve a relationship. But how do we go about that? I, I struggle with this. <coughs> And these are the simple things I come about. We are, I'm waiting for your questions after this. I, I think we've got to serve in sincerity, in authenticity, and of course in shrewdness in the circumstances we are. And you have a lot more, I'm sure you could add to our side. I realize going to a culture, a different context, we see not eye to eye. I took one lens looking at relationships. East and West look at the world very differently. And this one research shows that when an Asian look at a picture, they look at the relationship in the picture. When you take an average Western-educated person, you zoom into the detail of a project. So if you study the eye movement, the Asian will actually, the eye will be moving between the different parts of the picture because we look at the interrelationship of things. More, we are more collectivist, more communal, whereas a, a Westerner tends to look at the person and the details of the object. So we see the world so differently because we have different cultural backgrounds. So thinking back, say, Christ and culture as we approach culture, I just want to focus on one thing, 
culture, we've got to pay attention to institutions and society, looking at identity, dignity, security, and continuity. So as we go into a different culture, a different context, trying to draw into a spiritual relationship as opposed to a contractual relationship, love, respect, building the identity. That's why I stopped saying non-government organization. Because I begin to realize that my government friends who are communist people uh, will be offended if I insist on non-government. Because their worldview is shaped after all religion is political. And you have a huge issue challenge you're facing in North America with issues of uh, various religious issues in the state. I, I don't know what's going on here. But in Asia, it's a, it's a very complex issue as well. Uh, everyone going into China trying to do mission. Government is not so afraid of a religious agenda, but it's more concerned about every religion has a political agenda. They are trying to socialize religion for, for so on. So what are the foundations we're working on with officials? Uh, we, we started in the past with the occupation of China. You know, we sing onward Christian soldier marching as to war. Can you imagine doing this now? If I do onward Christian soldier marching to America, I, I'll be slaughtered right away. <laughs> but yeah, that's how we've done mission. And so we, we've got to repent of our mistakes and begin to look at how Christianity can be effective to be deep in the ground. Now this is familiar to some of you, you uh, the doctors, uh, physicians like to classify things. When we think re- uh, relationships, you classify relationships, maybe you draw them the category to measure spiritual skills. This is Muslim contextualization, C1 to C6. I don't need to go into details, but in general, C1, you take a Muslim out of their context, they become a Christian, they take off all their Muslim garb, they completely lose their Muslim way of life. C6 is sort of deeper than insider movement, you become a Muslim insider. Some of you would know this. But is there a spectrum of government relationship? A G1 is where you completely ignore the government, you don't even register in a medical school, you don't get a license, you just go in there and do, you set up your hospital, do everything on your own as though nothing of the local system ex- exists. It's still good. And G6, if I take the other end, is you become propagandized, you become part of the local system, you become sell out to the local party system and so forth. So, we've got to think of our, where are our coaches, where are our teams in these relationships, and how relationships are affected as the ministry is being shared. And it has to come with our theology of it has to come with our theology of relationships. We've got to understand the biblical theology of relationships and work, and how it's approved. So, an organization I serve with, look at government approved, we even have top down. So she mentioned about working through the governing system. We would have approval from the central government, we have approval from provincial government, the county government. So we literally go and, in the Chinese way, say kowtow to every system. Not in the sense that we bend over with all our uh, ethical issues being negotiated, no. But we pay respect to every level to seek their understanding, their point of view, involve them in the discussions at every step of the way. Through the whole process, we begin to see these systems are means where we can produce, we can make God's opinion heard, where we can leave our marks. And they tell us you have certain guidelines. You are not allowed fishing. You know you are not allowed to proselytize. So we don't fish. Uh, but we cast out nets. Why? We I shared with you we planted nine trees. We walk around the trees and talk about love, about joy, about peace. Galatians 5.22 says there's nothing against this law. But actually three of our trees fell. We lost patience. <laughs> we literally lost patience. We got very impatient wanting to spread the gospel. But you know, this is this are the journey we, we, we go on. We leave our imprints, we leave our traders, and we realize that some things can never be solved. Healthcare couldn't solve the issues we have. We work at things we don't realize. We work at uh, doing cataract surgery for a long time. It took us a long time to realize that it was vitamin A deficiency. Uh, well, a simple problem to solve. Uh, 
we learn from our leprosy patients. Uh, I have a leprosy patient with his uh, auto-amputated finger. I say, Doctor, what's your most common medication? And we said, uh, painkillers and gastric medication. He said, you don't tell me I knew about it. Then with his auto-amputated finger, he dug his hand into the charcoal and dug out the potato and showed us. And he said, I wish I had pain. Mm-hmm. And we will experience our pain as we do our ministry, trying to work with the government systems, trying to work with the local people. I, I want to skip this to allow questions, just a short story from my own. I, I did laparoscopic surgery, I thought I had two knives, one knife, the Word of God, one knife, uh, my surgical knife that I'm going to share the gospel, and I, once the hospital director said, Dr. Cole, you, I seen you take out all the gallbladders, you run a great program, I've got gallstones, can you take out my gallstones? He's the hospital director, it's a big hospital, it's a premier area, and in China, relationship is everything. If I thought I took out the hospital director's gallbladder, I would have all the relationship to do whatever I want to do. It was the first case. I did it in 20 minutes. Not a drug break. I thought, that's it. My surgical knife is used. I'm going to have all the relationship. <coughs> I, I think you hear my pride <laughs> My second patient was a farmer was a minority tribe, she had perforated ulcer, her gallbladder is glued to the diaphragm, everything is gummed down. It took me almost two hours to dissect everything out. Finally, I got the gallbladder, and it was a very short cystic duct stump. I cut the common bowel duct, thinking it was a cystic duct, a major complication. But the Lord taught me through all this. The hospital director said, Dr. Cole, your surgery failed, but your program continues. We became very good friends. We talked at that many things, and in fact, the program really flourished, and we were able to go on. But relationships was built on my my failure. I had a, a, a dental chief told me, Doctor Ko, you have everything going on in your life, your family, you can be Christian. And I started sharing about my own family. Uh, my son had Tourette syndrome, my own struggle working through my family, and he began to see us as humans. So you see, relationships has got to be personal, has got to be sincere, has to be authentic. I realize that you know, the text that we, we, we learned is not about going there to show the gospel, but that seeing the grace of God working in our lives. I don't have two knives, I only have one. It's the word of God that, that really dissects my own soul, my own judge, my own thought and intentions. So I'm learning through my fallen relationships to try and grow in serving in China. All the contexts are so different. I know you have a wealth experience here. I have time for questions for Daniel and I if we can help facilitate this discussion about the corporate wisdom you may have about partnering with local systems. I guess a lot of the theory that we talk about, you all know far better than we do. So, questions?
not written about it, we have to exchange more information about it. Uh, so uh, what I'm trying to say is we can't just go and present ourselves and say I, I need to register. Because it understand the medical system, study the medical system, study the medical education, nursing education system. I don't know if Daniel or Martin or anyone else. I don't, um, I don't like the word closed because with Google and everything else that you can search with on the internet, everybody knows everything about you. Uh, if they want to know some information about you. There's no system where you're going to be closed off. Um, so if, if you go to a, a country where the gospel is not welcome, don't think that people don't know about you. They can just look you, look you up and find out all about you that they want to. Um, so I tell people, what you say you are there for, make sure you do and do well. Okay? If you say you're there to be a Christian businessman and you're running a lousy business and everybody around you knows that you're not making any money, eventually you're going to get asked to leave, and I think rightly so. Um, you need to do a good job at what you say you're there for. If you're there to be an English as a second language teacher, you need to be doing that and do it well. Okay? Build the relationships off of that slowly. Don't go in undercover and say, well, I'm going to do this, and then you don't show up to open up your shop. You don't show up to teach classes, and you're out doing something else. Uh, it happened to people in our church um, in Egypt as they were asked to leave. After a few years, they're given 72 hours and told uh, you need to leave. And when I talked to them, they were not doing what they had registered in the country to do. That's a bad testimony, bad witness. Uh, that's that's one of the things I would say. Whatever you are registered to do in that country, do it and do it well and do it faithfully. Uh, what are your experiences with corruption and on a personal level? Uh, how do you process? This question is actually the corruption and how you process. I'll, I'll start with China. Uh, China is as corrupt as North America. Hi. <laughs> 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 um, corruption is a bad word. Uh, it is accusatory, and whoever hears you think that yeah, they are corrupt, you, you lose that friendship, that relationship right away. I, I thought I knew all my motives. I thought I knew my own heart. I thought I'm very self-aware of my own intentions. And then I realized that there are secrets in my heart that I, I covered up. So, you know, corruption, if I credit, you know, I, I'm not trying to get into ethics and discuss the issues. And if I confront corruptions head-on in China, I'm going to be you know, falling flat. No, an average, you, you heard Xi Jinping, the, uh, the uh, has a salary of 20,000 US for the whole year. That's impossible. A doctor in China salary is less than 5,000 renminbi. And you drive cars and so on. It's impossible. Uh, there are so many routes uh, that they get money elsewhere, elsewhere. I'm not saying you're going to tolerate the corruption, but it's a systemic issue that's going to take longer than my foolishness in confronting them so I really need wisdom in dealing the issue through a long time. So you know, the example I shared, the, uh, the health minister and the team collaborated to cheat us of some money. And in mission, we lost money. We, we prefer not to lose our money given for the church for mission, for purposes for his kingdom. We try to be very careful about this. But we, we tread this carefully without uh, making them lose space. I had the uh, government official say, could you please go to the central government and complain about this person and that person? I, I we don't do it. Uh, so as, as a result, it's something I really had to pray for. There are times in which we had to stand firmly. We had a team of uh, healthcare ministers in Yunnan who want to come to the U.S. and ask us to plan their itinerary. They will pay all the costs. They want to include Las Vegas. And we refused to budge. And they got very angry with me. We've asked for three years refused to grant us visas for a long time and then he was removed from his position 
we pay the price for standing firm on what we insist on doing, and, and the Lord will have mercy we have gone through the process. And, you know, I don't think anyone else can judge us at, at whatever point to say what you've done. Uh, it's really a case of discernment and in every situation. This is China's context. Uh, I don't know about Africa. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I really don't have anything more to add other than to say this, that um, give people within the systems a chance. Get to know them, okay? I remember going with a Kenyan OBGYN person to a Ministry of Health office. They had to approve something. If we're going to do something, we need their approval. And Gene looked at this person and said, they were medical school classmates, and said, uh, I, don't, I can't remember what his name was, Peter, if you think that you're going to come in and run our organization, and I'm thinking, whoa, Gene, be quiet. I'm talking like that here. And uh, she said, uh, and he said to her, Jean, if you knew how many things I'm supposed to be doing and I just don't have time to, I'm not looking to come in and take over any of your work. We want to work together. And I think that oftentimes we get in our mind that, oh, this government is corrupt. And yet you find people within there that are doing their dead level best to work with nothing. And uh, oftentimes, you and I have so much more resource than they have. And um, we need to look at it from their perspective, I believe, um, and uh, try to help them rather than say, well, this is a corrupt system and I'm going to fight against it. Um, I have found over and over and over again that... Uh, when I have met people within the government systems, I stand in awe of their abilities, what they do, their commitment, and yet they do it with nothing. Thanks. Very good. One more question that Mike, you know, I, th I think this is very interesting and wonderful, but if we wanted to dialogue more with you, you're headed back to China, so, I mean, are you open for, for sharing more of your experience, and if so, in what kind of a format? I will with uh, OMAP, and OMAP has a booth right here, so we have representatives right here. If you, any of you are interested in China, I've got some brochures here from Medical in China. Uh, we, we, can, we can exchange email, we can discuss. I live in Hong Kong. So Hong Kong is sort of the headquarters for our China work. I appreciate very much your, your time and your <coughs>